Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with my brother, Mike Cleveland, to do another podcast. We hope you are enjoying these podcasts. And if you are, would you mind writing in? Uh, just let us know that you are being blessed by these podcasts. You can write in to helpdesk, all one word, at settingcaptivesfree.com. That's helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, so, Mike, are you ready to do another podcast today, brother? Yes, sir, I sure am. And yes, I, th I thank you for mentioning people's uh, ability to write in. We love to get emails and letters. We love to hear from people. It's the reason why we do these podcasts is that we might see the, the message of the cross touch one heart. And if you're that heart, please communicate that with us. We'd love to hear from you. Amen. And so the last couple of weeks, Mike, we've been uh, looking at resting in Christ and, uh, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the attempt to do things in our own way, in our own works, uh, and contrasting that with the finished work of the cross. And, and uh, you know, we have worked programs for many years and tried to get free from all kinds of sin and our own strengths. And we find that this doesn't work as it's an attempt from the outside in uh, where the cross of Jesus Christ is the inside out working in the heart. And so we wanted to use Jeremiah 17 uh, right around verses five through eight today and uh, draw another contrast. And uh, so we're very excited to be here together. And Mike, uh, would you like to start us off, uh, brother, in verse five? Okay, let's do. Jeremiah 17, verse 5, reading from the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Hmm. And the first thing I saw here, Eric, is it's one or the other, right? We're either yes. trusting in man, in human strength, in human wisdom, in human programs, or we are trusting in the Lord. If we trust in man, it says here in verse five that our hearts have turned away from the Lord. Hmm. So it's one or the other, isn't it? Well, it sure is. And that really caught my attention as well, brother. It's, it's that you're under a curse if you trust in man. Uh, in other words, it seems like you're, you're just not going to get anywhere. <laughs> you know, uh, it's going to draw your heart. Uh, you're going to attempt to draw your strength uh, from mere flesh, which is going to draw your heart away uh, from the Lord. And so uh, what, a, what a great warning we have here. Uh, once again, it's a contrast of, of doing it man's ways of the programs that we often talk about and the contrast of, uh, of, of the cross. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a contrast. And, you know, Isaiah 2.22 tells us why. To not trust in man. It says, stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? 
Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, Eric, every man is temporary. He has but a breath. Uh, he's going to breathe that breath out and poof, he's gone. Um, I looked at it at the, the mist we have this morning uh, here where I live, and it was here one second and gone the next. As soon as the sun came up, it burned off and it was gone. And that is what humans are here today, gone tomorrow. Hmm. Why should we trust in them? Amen. Yeah. And I also like Colossians 2, 8, brother, uh, that see that no one takes you captive uh, through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends hmm. on human tradition. There we see it again and the mm. elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. And so, like you said, brother, we're here for only a moment. And, uh, you know, the contrast of human tradition, of human elements, of human wisdom, uh, it's, it's in direct opposition of God's wisdom, isn't it, brother? Yes, because God's wisdom is not like man's wisdom. Um, God's wisdom is always focused on the cross. Man's wisdom is always focused on what we can do, how we can pull ourselves up, how we can get out of this situation. Eric, I can leave this in. I've, all I have to do is just decide to do it. No, we're actually in bondage. We're trapped. We're captives. Uh, we, all these words describe one who cannot fix his situation by himself. I think of what Paul endured in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Mm. Uh, and so we can't trust in ourselves. We can't trust in man, in human wisdom, in human programs. They're all from man and will perish with man. But Eric... God has done something for us that we can put our full trust in. But before we get there, brother, <laughs> I was just, I, I was thinking of something here, and that is um, we can't trust God by nature. Mm. By nature, there's enmity or animosity between us and God. We're born with this, this uh, sin, which is a barrier between us and God. I have to know somehow that God is for me in order to trust him. Mm -hmm. Am I, I going to trust somebody I'm at odds with? Uh, and so this is the issue that we have. We see in the scriptures, we shouldn't trust in man. We should trust in the Lord, but we can't do it. By nature and by birth, we have this horrible antagonism between us and God. We can't stand his rule his reign, his law, his word. That's us by nature. We are opposed to it. We want to do our own thing and go our own way and make our own decisions and plans and carry out our own desires. And, and so how, how is this uh, going to change, Eric? How is it going to change for me who by nature can't put faith in God, uh, doesn't want anything to do with God, um, how is that going to change? Well, that can only change, uh, you know, for, we're learning today that <clears throat> that cannot change from uh, within our own selves. Uh, with, uh, you know, there is captivity if we follow mere human traditions and attempting harder and all these things. And so this has to be from an outside source, outside of ourselves, and even outside of this very world, isn't it, brother? And this was the plan that God had before the foundation of the world because he loved us so much. 
that he was going to come after us and provide that way. And, and I, I, I love that. Uh, that demonstrates uh, the love of God. It, it demonstrates uh, the patience of God. I mean, it demonstrates all the characteristics of God. The cross does, doesn't it, brother? Uh, him sending his only son uh, for us. And uh, the only way to God is through the doorway of this cross that we so love to talk about. Yes, and that cross smashes the enmity I have within me. It crushes this animosity. Um, Eric, this is what is so needed. In order for me to trust somebody, the, we can't be at odds. Mm. And so the cross mm. came and God was at odds with his own son mm. because his son took away our sin. He, his son was wearing our sin. He bore our sin in his own body on the tree. And in doing so, he removed it from us. And therefore, there's, that animosity is now gone. I can look, and because of the cross, I can not only trust him, Eric, but love him. Mm. Because I see him loving me unto death and back. Uh, and so it, this is how someone comes to put their faith in God, is they look at a cross and, and they see that, oh, God is for me, mm. not against me. You know, I used to think he was looking over my shoulder, yes. judging every move, right? He was against me. He was, he, he knew I didn't measure up and he was coming to get me. And this is the way I, I felt that God was in my own mind. And only when I looked at the cross, Eric, did I see, no, wait a minute. He moved heaven and earth. He mm. came from heaven to earth to suffer in my place, to bear, bearing shame and scoffing rude in my place condemned mm. he stood. Mm. And as he stood and as he hung condemned, I can now stand free. He set me free. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, brother. And this is how I came to put my trust in him is by looking at the cross. <laughs> Man, I'm over here singing the hallelujah chorus. Of course, I had to do it internally because I didn't want to do it on this <laughs> podcast. But brother, you have just warmed my heart. And this is what it does. Total contrast from what we're studying today in Jeremiah 17, uh, where we trust in man. Uh, where we draw our strength from man and turn our heart away. That is complete opposite what you just said about the cross, how it draws us in, lifts us up, uh, loves us and puts uh, to death the enmity because Jesus became that on the cross, brother. And, you know, as we continue on in Jeremiah, this contrast is so amazing uh, because we see that trusting in man, and this is what happens, brother. This is what it's like in verse six. Uh, before we come to the cross, we have... Since this type of, um, well, let me just read the verse. Uh, the person that trusts in man whose heart is turning away, verse 6 says, that person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Now, this, there's a mouthful here, brother, completely opposite of the beautiful cross that you just outlined for us. And uh, that which destroys the enmity. But there might be someone listening right now that feels like they're a bush in the wastelands. Uh, that, that nothing good will come their way. Uh, that they're parched as one out in the desert. Uh, I'm, I mean, this was my life before the cross, brother. Uh, salt land where no one lives. And we know where there's salt, brother. There's nothing going to grow. There's nothing to eat. 
this is how we are thirsting for something. Um, you know, we felt like this little tiny bush out in the wastelands uh, before Christ came down and, and stole our hearts. Uh, you know, and Jesus on the cross was like this, wasn't he? He was like a bush out in the wastelands for us. He became sin for us. He was like the one who wasn't going to prosper. He was the one who dwelled in parched places on the desert when he was hanging on the tree for us. You know, it was as as if salt uh, was all around him. Even in his mouth as he thirsted, he became just as we were so that he could make us as he is, righteous and holy and flawless. And, you know, just like the song before the throne of God above, God looks at him and pardons me. What is this love, brother? Woo! <laughs> so that just made my day. I, I had never seen that passage like this, but... You know, when you talked about he became like we are. So read this passage, Jeremiah 6, and see Jesus because Hmm. he bore our sin. He took our sin on himself, thereby becoming as we are. And so they are like stunted shrubs in the desert. You know, here Jesus says, like you said, I thirst, Hmm. right? He had assumed our sin, our guilt, our shame. All of this makes us thirsty for more. You know, if you are in captivity to sin, Eric, you're thirsty. That's Mm. one way in which you're described, right? I remember constantly looking for the next image, the next Mm. thrill, the next exciting event in sin, right? That's thirsting. It's longing, craving. And here Jesus became this. He stood in our place, Eric. He wore our skin. Uh, He he took a body like us. He became uh, as we are so that we might become as he is. And the wonderful thing here is that he was stunted. Mine says it was a stunted shrub. You know, sin keeps us immature. It makes us childish. We're self-focused. We're self-centered. We think the world revolves around us. A stunted shrub. But look at Jesus on the cross, Eric. He's become as a stunted shrub. He's hanging, as it were, in the desert, thirsting. He has taken all of our sin and shame on himself. And, and it says they have no hope for the future. And even as Jesus hung on the cross, he knew death was coming. And, uh, you know, his future was being cut off. Uh, he was 33 years old in the prime of his life. And he was now going to be cut off from the land of the living. No hope for the future. Of course, we know he knew the resurrection was also coming. Mm-hmm. But he took our place, as you so well described here, brother. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. And as you look at Jesus, he had that salt in his wounds. Uh, he, he was bearing uh, all of our wrongs. He was making amends for us. Uh, he was taking our punishment. He was bearing our curse. This says, cursed is those who trust in man. He was bearing our curse that we might have his blessing. Amen. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I am just uh, rejoicing, brother, in all that you said. And I hope, I hope that others listening are rejoicing just as my heart is rejoicing right now. And from verses five and six, we've only looked at verses five and six 
so far, brother. And we see in five and six, we see the curse and, and what it looks like and, and, and what it can even feel like and be like. But something changes, brother, drastically. And this is why we, this passage is, is such a blessing to study today. It drastically changes in verse uh, seven, seven and eight. And brother, can you uh, move us along in, in verse seven? Okay, as we look at this contrast, like you're describing, instead of the curse, it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Uh, Eric, again, at the cross, mm. since my enmity was removed there, I can trust in the Lord because I see that mm. he's for me. He's done everything needed uh, to uh, save me, to set me free. He's done everything needed uh, to remove my curse. Therefore, I can put my trust in him and receive this wonderful blessing. Now, Eric, sometimes uh, this passage or the word blessed is translated as happy. Mm. Uh, and that's certainly true, but it's more than that. If, if you're blessed, brother, that means God himself has put a blessing on you. Uh, it's a state of being where you are accepted in the Lord, where you have his favor, where you've been given gifts, where you have received from him. You're blessed uh, as opposed to being cursed, uh, which takes everything from you. You're now mm. blessed, which gives everything to you. Amen. Wonderful, brother. I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. It is such a blessing to see the contrast between the cursed and the blessed. And uh, in verse 8, the, the passage goes on to say what they'll be like, brother. And this is just absolutely incredible as we continue. In verse 8, it says, here's what the blessed will be like, brother. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now this is some kind of contrast that we've been discussing here. And, it, and it's incredible how we see that it's a tree is in between these water roots, stream, no fear of heat, uh, leaves are always green, uh, no worries of drought, for you never fail to bear fruit. Brother, <laughs> this is the incredible work of the cross that we've been describing today, that we've been talking about and worshiping around. This is such a contrast, it cannot be missed or overstated. Man's ways is going to leave us empty and dried out. And maybe someone listening has been, has been uh, listening to man's ways and it hasn't gotten anywhere. Like you said, uh, it keeps us um, immature and, and we don't grow and we don't move and nothing happens. But this in verse eight talks about uh, sending out roots and being in streams. And you know what I love about that brother as well is this seems like it really hones in on the Christian life and the cross from start to finish. Do you see that in here? Wow, not till just now, but I do now. <laughs> uh, we start out our lives cursed, immature little shrubs in a desert, thirsting, um, no hope for the future. 
But because of the cross, we become planted by streams of water and we experience fruitfulness. And Eric, I think this is a reference too to the, the coming work of the Holy Spirit. You know, he's always Amen. described as water. Yes. Um, and so we experience the Holy Spirit that flows from the cross. If you want the Holy Spirit and his power, come to where he lives. He lives at the cross. Mm. Um, as Jesus was struck, water, the Holy Spirit, came out of him, just like in Exodus, when the rock was hit. Moses struck the rock, and water came out of it. Well, at the cross, Jesus was struck, and what flowed out of his death was the Holy Spirit, uh, Eric. And, you know, the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness gentleness, self-control. And we experience this fruit as we live at the cross mm. and we never grow fruitless. We, uh, we live in a state here in Washington state um, and it's called the evergreen state. I'm looking out my window right now and I'm seeing <laughs> very tall evergreen trees. They are evergreen. Why? Because there's so much water. Um, and that's the way it is in the Christian life. Eric, you and I will never dry up. <laughs> we will never become fruitless um, till the day we die. The Holy Spirit is going to continue producing fruit through us. Mm. And um, I love what Ezekiel 47 verse 12 says. It's talking about this fruitful life. It says fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit. Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Hmm. Uh, Eric, here you're described, brother. You're fruitful. You receive water from the cross, the sanctuary. You are fruitful. You are, your leaves are for the healing of many other people. And this is quite, like you said, a, an amazing contrast from the way this passage started. Yeah, and I love everything you said, brother. That was so beautiful and wonderful. And that's the same thing I thought of too, the spirit as the stream flowing through, you know, flowing from the cross. And, uh, you know, when heat comes, um, we're standing tall. Uh, the leaves never grow. Uh, they're always green. And what a contrast from being in the desert. This is, this is life before the cross. And then life at the cross and after the cross. This is what we see. We see the salvation and sanctification all the way through, uh, you know, all the way into eternity. And like we said in last week's podcast, my friends, this is for today. If you feel like you've been out in the wilderness, out this little tiny shrub out in the desert, out in this salt land, uh, and you're dried up, there's hope for you. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. That's the beautiful and the beauty of the cross. It will heal you from the inside out. And you, my friends, will never be the same, right? This is what it means to be a new creation at the cross. We look there and we see Jesus, um, you know, he was hung there for you. Uh, you know, I like to look at it as a courtroom that you walk into and you only see a cross. That's it. You see Jesus hanging on the cross, both creator and offering. And what does he say with his arms stretched out wide? He says, I love you. I'm hanging here for you. You know, and you are free to go. Like I said earlier, look at him 
and pardon me. Oh, man, if this doesn't cut and heal your heart, brothers and sisters, listeners, Jesus died for you. He hung for you. He was buried in a tomb for you. And then three days later, he rose for you that you might have life. And we just saw a dear one that came through the mentorship course that had tragedy strike their lives and they're singing the hallelujah chorus. Why? Because she has her eyes fixed on the cross and on the resurrection hope of seeing loved ones again. So even, so no matter what we go through, Mike, uh, the cross is our anchor. Uh, the resurrection becomes our hope. And we're to encourage one another with these words. And brother, there's probably someone listening that, that is still hurting, uh, that is a little bush in the desert, uh, that feels parched and thirsty, and there's salt where there's nothing around them. They're alone. Mike, could you speak to them and, and then close us in prayer, brother? Yes, if you're listening to us today and you felt that you were described, you felt that you were in that desert thirsting, that there's no satisfaction for you, maybe you felt cursed. Uh, maybe you felt that you've looked to all the programs of man and all the human wisdom there is and it hasn't done you a bit of good. And here you are by yourself thirsting and felt feeling maybe abandoned. What you need to do right now is look to the cross because Jesus became what you are. Look right there at the cross and see him hanging for you. See him bleeding for you. See him crying for you and see him dying for you. He has shed his blood for your sin. He's made atonement for you. The wrongs you've done were put on him so that the rights that he did and his righteousness would be put on you. You've not gone too far. You've not sinned too much. And if you feel that there's no hope for you and that you're a little shrub, just look to Jesus right now. Cry out to him. He's done everything you need. He's accomplished it all. He said it is finished. Believe that. Put your faith right there. And as you look to the cross, the Holy Spirit, even now, is going to come rushing into you. And he's going to begin to grow you and cause you to be fruitful. And you'll feel like your thirst has been quenched in this river that makes glad the city of God. This river that's going to flow through you. It's going to make your leaves green. It's going to cause you to, to be fruitful, to live in the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to have love in your heart and joy and peace, and you're going to have green leaves. And not only that, you're going to be a, a vessel of healing for other people. Mm -hmm. Your leaves are going to heal others. And so I just ask right now, Father in heaven, that you would touch the heart of somebody who might feel abandoned, oh God, who might feel that they've been left out in the wilderness alone. But God, you've not left them alone. You came where they were. You, you took their problem on yourself. Lord, cause them to look right now. Help them just to look up and see you in your suffering, thereby destroying their enmity. Help them to put their trust in your finished work to trust now in the Lord and experience the blessing that comes from fully believing in you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.